This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Shorewinder.com. Hey guys, before we get into the show, I need to let you know, not only do I own a garage door company, I also own and run a marketing agency. If you need help with your marketing, make sure you contact us at 404-445-3494 or check us out at garagedoormarketing.co. That's garagedoormarketing.co. What's up, guys? This is Ryan with Torsion Talk Podcast, and today I've got a, um, I don't I don't know if I can call him a friend yet, but somebody who I really want to get to know, and I think you guys are going to love him. You may have used his product before. Joseph, how are you today? I'm doing great. Good. So I met you for the very first time in person at Expo, um, but we've had some interactions on Facebook, and you seem to be like one of the most loved people out of everybody that I see online. You is it, you just like a friendly, happy-go-lucky dude in general, or are you just cool to the point where everybody wants to be your friend? Uh, I don't know if I'm either one of those. Maybe helpful <laughs> is probably the best description. There you go. So um, I know that my buddy Greg out in Connecticut uses your product. Uh, before we go too far and people are all completely confused, tell us a little bit about uh, what your product is and what you're doing. Yeah, so uh, what, I, what I developed in uh, down here in Miami is a silent hardware system for the garage doors. You know, we never had a real solution to, to making the doors quieter besides lubricating and adjusting the doors. You know, we had nylon rollers come along several years back, and nobody really addressed the uh, the issue that the hinges and that the hinges were making when the doors going up and down. It really wasn't really wasn't too big of an issue because most of the time the motors were louder than than the doors operating themselves. And when we got the DC motor push, you know, it kind of really magnified how loud the doors are, you know, the hinges, certain rollers, and and just the components of the door themselves. And really, there was no solution to to making those quieter. Um, I cut my teeth building wind loaded doors down in Miami, and we have some of the heaviest doors in the country. Uh, a regular residential door can easily weigh. You know, 16 by 7 could easily weigh 600 pounds. It's a standard, plain Jane, nothing special to it. And that would amplify the the sound coming from the hinges and the rollers and, and the different components. Uh, coupled with the, the the high salt content in the air, they would have they would corrode. I think we've all seen that, the little black powder that's come from the hinges over time. And, uh, and there was really no solution to it. So... Once the DC motors became more prevalent and our doors started getting heavier and heavier with the code changes, you know, something needed to be done. And the stealth hardware is the result of that. Awesome. And so what's different about stealth hardware than a regular hitch? 
what we did is we took the standard design for most of the hardware that we've all seen for decades now, and we incorporated Delron bushings and a sleeve that eliminates any of that metal on metal contact where the the the, the roller tube where the shaft of the roller goes into that's basically your connection between the top and the bottom leaf and all of that was you know all metal on metal and if you put any type of resistance or stress on that on that part you know you'd just be grinding metal onto metal which would create a lot of the noise that we've all experienced over the years uh, with the Delron bushing and the sleeves, that actually eliminated any metal-to-metal contact. And the reason why we use that that type of a of a plastic is it's very very durable, it's very high usage, and it actually has lubricating properties in it. So I'm not going to tell you you're never going to have to lubricate the door again, but the amount of you know the amount of noise coming from the hinges is definitely going to be reduced and in the amount of lubricant that you're going to require to keep that door quiet is going to be dramatically reduced, if not practically eliminated. Nice. And are you doing this full time with the, uh, the hinge company stealth hardware? Um, I, I didn't catch that part. What was that right? Are you, are you actively doing stealth hardware full time? I, I am not, a hundred percent full time. I've been transitioning towards uh, full time on this. I, I do still work in the manufacturing side with uh, with my family's business, and you know, I've, I've been born and raised a door guy all my life. So I've been working at my father's company, and I'm currently the vice president of uh, of that company as well. But I've been gearing. I see the potential for growth and this product. It, it could be a, a worldwide product compared to a niche market with the hurricane rated doors. That's awesome. And I got a sample of your product. Uh, by the way, thank you. Very well done uh, with the little display you got there. Um, and you sent me some rollers, uh, sealed double Z ball bearing nylon rollers. Uh, I wasn't expecting those, but I will tell you, I'm kind of impressed. Uh, we're buying our current rollers from our uh, the guy that did the first uh, uh, first episode of season three, um, Garage Door Parts Plus. Um, they are offering ball bearing nylon rollers capped, so we started buying from them, and we like them. But one thing that we saw that we liked about yours was um, the cap on there sticks out a little bit where the cap on yours isn't like perfectly flush, but it's pretty darn close. So um, I really liked that. And so we kind of tore them apart along the, the one we use and the one you use. Um, and uh, and we, we, we kind of like yours slightly better. So uh I don't know what the pricing is on that. I haven't had time to reach out to you and talk to you about it, but um, I definitely plan on doing so. So you're you're in the you're in the parts game essentially. You're not just doing hinges. You're doing you're selling parts. Yeah, correct. You know any any of the components for for the hardware um, is you know I have I have at my disposal. Um, I, I don't make the rollers. I didn't design those rollers, uh, but but I do. I 
decided I didn't want to, I didn't want to sacrifice quality for pennies. And I, I'd rather spend just a little bit more and, and do it right and give a product that's going to last, you know, uh, as long as I, I possibly could, could make it last rather than trying to, to save a, a couple cents here and nickel here and nickel there and, and just kind of put something out there that'll, that'll last for a few years and then kind of break down and, and require to be changed. I, we, we kind of try to over-design things uh, with, the, with everything that we do since, since I've been in the door industry. Nice. So I'm a huge fan of like heavy gauge hinges. Uh, when we use manufacturers that come standard with like 16 gauge, we always upgrade them. Um, to my knowledge, I don't even think we've installed a roller or I me, mean, I'm sorry, a, a hinge that's, uh, that's less than 14 gauge. So, um, that that's, uh, I think that should be an industry standard in my opinion. Um, but I understand, you know, you gotta have the, the, the low cost products as well. Um, for, for the volume and the new construction. One thing that I find very interesting is that uh, when we installed my door on my house a couple years ago, I ordered like powder coated everything. And uh, now my wife's constantly asking me why there's black dust on the strut underneath the hinges. Um, so even powder coating isn't a great solution to try to keep it quiet the plastic that you use uh, does a phenomenal job. I really like um, it's it's they're they're not stiff, but they're not super loose either, and I think that helps, right? Yeah, you don't want it, it's it's a fine line. You don't you don't want to have the, the hinges to where they're so tight that it actually creates additional resistance. Um, you know, for the door, you don't want to create. You know, you don't want to create any additional force to, to make the door not open nice and smoothly. Um, and then yet again. In there and you have the 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 plastic inside of there, it will still give it the opportunity to move back around and kind of create like a clunking noise. It won't be as loud as metal on metal, but it's uh, it's definitely a fine line between too tight and not tight enough. So I, I do agree that it's it's important to, to get that within the proper tolerances. So are people buying these as like an upgrade performance package for existing doors or new doors? What are you seeing this being used for the most? So in uh, down here in in the our family business, we we sell a ton when we uh, when we're installing new doors whether it be new construction or, or tear outs, you know, uh, our sales team has been very successful with convincing the customers of the value of the product. Uh, and, and we send out, you know, multiple doors a week with the, with that product. And I think it's, I think it's really good for our service technicians because when you're going out to a house, you know, everybody's been selling rollers you know, you'll sell a couple hinges here and there if they're broken or bent up, but for the most part, you know, we're selling rollers and motors and cables and things like that. Now you have the opportunity to go in and show the customer something new, improved, and show them the value, especially if they're they're getting 
if they're upgrading to a DC motor or if they currently have a DC motor, which a lot of customers, you know, over the past decade, the, the motor manufacturers have done a great job of pushing that, the, the new quieter motors. So when you're able to complement the motor with, uh, with our product, you know, the, the result is it's almost shocking on how quiet the door is. It's the, the best thing that, uh, the, the best example a customer has explained to me is him uh, going from, you know, an American sports V8 muscle car to a Tesla. And you're just used to that rumble, that loud, you know, the sound, the, that experience. And you jump in one of these electric cars and it's silent, smooth. It's almost eerie, the, the difference between the two. And, and that's where I think the real value is going to be is, is, and, and the moneymaker for us as door guys, you're going out and you're able to, to swap out hinges and really upgrade the door rather than kind of putting back exactly what's there. I think that's the best opportunity, but for, for new doors as well, for new installs, you know, higher end homes, uh, we've been very successful. And a lot of the, the people that are still buying wood doors, they they really prefer to use the the hinges because those doors the weight of the wood doors can can get up there quickly and put a lot of stress on those hinges you um speaking of car noises i just put roush exhaust on my ford f150 and it's loud it's really loud it's much louder than i anticipated <laughs> Hell, my neighbors hate me now. Uh, do you have a website? Yeah, our our website is quietmydoor.com. And uh, we have a little breakdown of how the – it shows you some info on how the hinges are designed, kind of a, an artistic sketch of a rendering showing how – where the sleeve goes, the design of the hinge itself. And I made a, a video a couple years back where – we took a, a standard Miami-Dade hurricane door, and the first thing I did was put a DC opener on there because I didn't want people saying, well, you changed the, the hinges and the opener, and the opener is what made the major difference. So I, I took the opener, replaced that first before I did my before video, and then I did the after video once the, the hinges and rollers were on there. And... It'll, it'll show the major difference between the two. Very nice. Well done website. Looks good. Appreciate that. Um, explains exactly what you do and, uh, in a very digestible manner. I had mentioned earlier that you sent me a box in the box is like this little, uh, handheld display that has the hinges. Um, I think did they have a roller on it. I can't remember if it had a roller or not. Um, yeah, the display the display has has a roller with a with a long stem roller to show the before and the after effect of the right. uh, the roller sleeve that we have. So, you sent me a display with samples of the rollers, the hinges, um, and when you play with it, you can definitely see a difference. Uh, I know our team we adopted the uh, the philosophy that. Um, Tom Wadsworth promoted on season one, episode two, which by the way, if you haven't heard that, I reference it a lot. Definitely recommend listening to it where you offer three options on repairs. This will get your door going. Uh, 
option B is get your door going and also um, things that uh, I guess are, are showing wear and tear that might break down in the near future. And then the third option is a performance upgrade. So we're going to do everything plus we're going to upgrade the performance and having like a quiet hinge, quiet door package for that uh, works better, faster, longer, maybe not faster, but better, quieter, longer. Um, I think that's very appealing to some people who shop like I do, uh, where, you know, I don't want to deal with it again. And yes, I like the idea of it being quiet and lasting longer and not seeing the garage door company back out here ever again. So, uh, I like that idea. And, um, are you seeing that people are using your display, uh, to actually take to the customer's houses and show them the differences to get those sales? Yeah, the the displays, you know, they're they've only been out for a few months, but in that few months that uh, you know, that that was the whole idea behind them is to be able to to bring something new to the customer base to our all of our end users and and it's something that they've never seen before and you know, I, what I've what I've learned being a technician over many many years is one of the number one things that we get complaints about is noise. And without it, with, without really coming up with a solution, everybody said, okay, lubricant, lubricant, lubricant. Well, now you're actually giving them, you know, a, a more permanent solution rather than lubing the door, you know, a couple times a year or however right. often you're, you're required to do it. And the, the display, it really helps. It helps the customer. They could see the quality and they can see the difference between what they currently have on their door and, and what they could, what they're able to, to upgrade to. Um, so we have, I think I have about 45 displays that we sent out in the past month or so. And, you know, we've definitely seen, we've definitely seen an increase in, in some sales and, and definitely interest on the product from, you know, website hits and Facebook likes and people are, are starting to, to educate themselves, even, you know, they, they try to contact us directly, the homeowners to try to get more information on the, on the products. And, and, uh, so we've definitely seen an increase from the displays. Nice. Is this your wife and your child on the website or do you use a stock photo? Um, they, my, not my wife or child. They, they use stock photos. Okay. That's a good, like you hear that a lot, right? Like you got the kids room right above, you know, Dad's leaving early in the morning or mom's leaving early in the morning, waking up the baby, um, like uh, home run, like with the image and the the message. I like it a lot. Um, one of the best ads that I ever ran online was for quiet uh, or for, uh, fixing a noisy garage door. Um, you know, I feel like obviously if you have a cheap door, it's loud, whatever. But, I mean, I do think that doors get louder over time, the more stress, especially. Like, you start having the the, the uh, springs relaxing, gravity's pulling the door down, motor's picking it up, you got stress on the hinges. I think that creates more noise. So, I think, in my personal opinion, I don't know if I could prove this or not, uh, the louder the noise the uh, the better chance you have of there being signs of uh, deterioration or damage or issues. Um, 
And so it's, it's for me, I look for signs when I hear an extremely loud door of issues. Um, I think if, if any time you go in to do a spring change and you service the door, tighten everything up, lubricate it, it was always like, wow, you know, I don't do it anymore. So I don't get it anymore. But, um, customers are always like, wow, this has never been this quiet before. You know, thank you so much. And they're more like baffled by how quiet the door is versus having it actually fixed, uh, which is nice. And if you have these hinges, it's even more quiet. Uh, I imagine these probably quiet a pan door too, just the functionality of them, right? Yeah. Um, you know, down in Miami, there's there's not a large market for insulated doors so most of the doors that uh that we install and that we service are are all pan doors um i'm not saying that we don't have any insulated doors but i would easily say the ratios you know four pan doors to to one insulated door and and it makes a difference on on either one uh it's we can we can get pan doors to be I'm confident if you have a door that's hung properly, a pan door, I don't think that you can get the the motor quieter than the door operating. Wow. What about Marintech? You guys the motor manufacturers? Yeah. They have pretty quiet yeah. trolley motors. You know, I've I've tested them with uh Marantech. I've talked tested them with uh liftmaster with lanier um i i i gotta have roman send me a, a sommer so i could try to see if if his motor's quieter than the door that's the only his one motors I are pretty quiet i wouldn't say they're the quietest Marantech would be pretty hard to beat in my opinion i just feel like every time i've hit a Marantech in the field as a technician um like they were just really quiet um, so I don't know if that's just me or if that's like a thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't recall which model I tested. Uh, it's, it's cause it's been a couple of years, but it was one of their DC motors. Um, I think they only did. sell DC, but okay. Yeah. The, the, I, so, I'm not, I, I will be honest. I am not a hundred percent familiar with their products, but yeah, I did I have people that are, but I'm having them on the show next week, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I did a little bit of research, so I know a little bit. But uh, prior to that, I didn't really know much at all. Yeah, I I yeah. When we installed the when we installed that product, it it, it definitely ran good. Um, but I was mainly concerned about the noise level of of the different products. Um, but I it's been a couple of years since I did anything with them. I think noise is something people are willing to invest in. So I think you're on to something really good here. And the presentation uh, that you sent me uh, with the display is well thought out, beautiful, looks really nice. And that's something we can throw in the trucks. It's not too big and clunky and you can take out and show somebody. So um, what, it, what does a dealer have to do? So let's say a dealer is interested they want to check out your product. Uh, what would you What would you say the first step would be? So um, our products are are available nationwide through Service Spring. They they have our full line of products. So if they have 
uh, any relationship with Service Springs, their their sales rep will have all the info. Um, I don't mind sending out displays to anybody who wants one. They could always contact me through the website, uh, quietmydoor.com, and I'll no charge send out samples, displays, you know, whatever whatever they're looking for because me and you can talk about how quiet and how good everything is, but until you really touch it and feel it, you can't appreciate exactly what you're getting. And and I understand that, and that's why I've sent out multiple um, sample kits to really whoever's asked me because I know once they get it and they see it, they touch it, they digest it, they'll they'll understand where the value is and and how most importantly the the dealers are able to to make a profit off of it because uh, you know let's face it none of us are in a nonprofit organization you have to be able to to make a profit off of what you're selling and and I tried to do and design it and price it and distribute it in a way where we're not you're not fighting each other over one sale and you're able to you're able to make some money off of selling the product that's the whole that's the whole point of everything right and the the best part is is it's new it's new technology and you it's not you're not trying to sell them something they've been seeing for a long time it's you know it's the new product on the block and and the homeowners aren't familiar with it and i think a lot of them especially you know from my experience they can see how well it works and it's funny that we can install uh, you know, a replacement door in a neighborhood and we'll get three or four calls from the neighbors wanting to either upgrade their existing door or replace their door with that hardware. You know, replace the entire door and upgrade with the hardware as well. So it, it's it's almost like it sells itself because when the neighbor comes over and you open up the door and they're used they're, they don't hear anything, they're amazed and they start asking their own questions. You almost generate your own sales just from your existing sales. Now you had a booth at Expo. Are you going to Expo twenty twenty one in uh, New Orleans? I have uh, I've secured a booth, I, and as long as uh, headquarters, aka my wife, will allow me to go, <laughs> I will keep traveling. She uh, she definitely she likes to go to all the shows with me, and since we started having children. Um, she has not been able to come to all the shows. She was actually in Utah, but nobody really got to see her because we, uh, we have a two and a half year old and she was pregnant at the time, which, uh, now we have a one month old newborn. Dude, you got to milk that man. You got to milk it, put her in the booth, yeah. give her a chair and like everybody will go over there and be like, Oh, cute baby. Like, yeah, man, I'm trying to support all these people can you buy from me? You know what I'm saying? I, I definitely agree, but she has a different take on it because, um, in Utah, she didn't have a good, as good of an experience, uh, because after dinner she had to go back to the room and she couldn't come out for the, uh, the after hour activities. Mm. And, She's and she, happy. she basically already set up to where, we will travel children free to New Orleans, and uh, she used to actually live there. So oh, there's nice. some restaurants that she wants to go to and take me, and 
some hopefully Bourbon Street is recovered by the time we all roll around. I'm not sure how uh, this pandemic's going to affect the the local restaurants and the local, you know, just that deep New Orleans culture that that they is portrayed. I've never been, so I'm excited to go, and I always like to see a new city, and I always spend a couple extra days just kind of perusing around the the local neighborhood. Even in Utah, you know, we I rented a car and drove up to Park City and drove around. And us us Florida boys, we don't get to see snow and mountains very often. So when we do, we like to take advantage of it. So I lived in Miami for a little bit. Not many people know that, but uh, it was 2006-ish. Uh, I took a contract in Miami. I lived on... I lived in North Miami Beach. Uh, they put me in a high rise across the street from Collins. Like uh, it was off Collins, and I think Bis is it Biscayne. I can't remember. Um, yeah, and it was really nice. Um, the uh, I worked at. You probably remember. I think they changed the name, but Beach Honda and Beach Ford. Do you remember them? It was on 163rd in North Miami Beach. Yeah. I, um, you know, funny enough, I grew up, and I was born in North Miami General Hospital, and my parents, my you know, the house that I grew up in is was right behind the Miami subs on 163rd Street across from the Krispy Kreme Donut. Nice. There's yeah, we some tough there. neighborhoods over there, dude. There, there is, we, my family, we moved out of there in the early nineties and, uh, and, and it was, it was, it was kind of tough back then. So I can only imagine over the years, it's not as bad as it used to be, but I yeah. think in that time there was, there's a couple areas that you want to, you want to be cautious when you're in. So here are some of the things that I learned about Miami that I didn't know before. So number one you guys look at us Southerners like we're crazy when we order sweet tea at the restaurant, which you are in the South as much as you guys from the North don't like to admit it. But there's so many Northerners down there that you guys don't offer sweet tea. Just completely messed up. I don't understand that. Party foul. Um, the other thing is, if you get to the party too early, you are not cool. And early in Miami... Is anything under midnight? Party doesn't start till like midnight or two a.m. and I'm like exhausted by then, so I had a really hard time. And then three, uh, people drive out of this world insane in Miami. Like, I don't know if it's because it's a melting pot and everybody comes there from different countries and they all have their like kind of bring their rules from other places. But I swear I almost died like a hundred times riding around down there. And it's absolutely crazy. I I'll definitely agree with you on on uh the driving part is the a very, very uh intelligent man that I know, he he explained the best explanation I heard about driving in Miami is you know, I was taught how to drive by my father. He was taught he was taught how to drive by his father, who was taught how to drive by his father. 
And sometimes when people come from other countries into our melting pot down here, they might be first generational drivers or, or their parents come over and they've never driven before. So they, they don't have a generational type of driving knowledge like a lot of us in the U.S. do. Um, that was the best explanation. The rest of it, I can't, I can't begin to explain to you. All I know is, uh, I'm a very, very defensive driver. And, and if you're not, you're just asking for trouble. And, and if you drive anything besides, uh, you know, an old clunker that you don't care that it gets bumper card up going to and from work, you know, if you drive anything, anything nice that you don't want to get dented up, you are very, very cautious on the road. Um, yeah, it's the, the things that I could, the stories that I have about things I've seen on the road are, are not even believable. They're just, people think that I'm making this stuff up when I tell them. Yeah, I would believe Uh, it. So I'll tell you something else. I, I, I really love the melting pot. Like the fact that you have so many people from different countries and the different cultures they almost collide a little bit because you got like, I, I hung out in this like one group of Russians, like there's Russian clubs and restaurants and they're really tight and don't really want you near them if you're not one of them, which I learned. Um, you have yep. like this, uh, you have this huge Hispanic community, which is multicultural in and of itself because you have like sub Hispanic, right? You got like people from Brazil and, uh, you know, Cuba and so Haiti. And so there's all these subcultures in that. And then you have this like ginormous amount of, um, people from Israel. So you got the Jewish community, um, Jewish, uh, I've met this woman while I was down there and now I had just gotten out of a divorce. And so I took a job down there, uh, making really good money, but, um, I met this uh, this lady at a um, uh, martini bar or whatever, and she was I don't know twice my age, but she was she was eight and a half nine. So, uh, long story short, we became best friends, and she bought me a motorcycle. So we were driving down the road, like I don't know, I've only known her for like two weeks, and this motorcycle goes flying by, and I'm like, oh man, I love those. Like, so nice. We were headed to lunch, and she's like, what do you mean? I was like, I've always wanted a motorcycle, but I've never really ridden one. Like, not even practice, like nothing. Like, I'm just, I love speed. So she's like, okay. Uh, she heads straight to the Honda dealership, and we go in, and she's like, if you could have anyone in here, what would you want? I didn't know anything about the bikes. I picked the one out that I thought looked the coolest, which just so happened to be a blue and yellow CBR 1000. And that's a lot of beef between your legs. And uh, so funny thing is, is she walks over to the manager, like writes him a check and she's like, let's go to lunch. It'll be ready when we get back. I'm like, what just happened? (laughs) Like, this is freaking crazy. So we come back and it's like, by this time it's like three 34 o'clock. The roads are starting to get congested and the guy's like, okay, uh, here's your keys. You know, we washed it for you. You're good. You're all set. I'm like, "Mm, can you show me how to drive this? (laughs) (laughs) And the dude's like, uh, you've never driven a motorcycle. And I'm like, nah, not really. Like I've driven pocket bikes because we used to take those at the dealership and ride around with them, but never Mm -hmm. like a motorcycle. 
And so he was like, you know, this is the clutch. This is how you, and he's like, it's not a really good idea for you to ride off the parking lot with, cause the Honda dealership was like on a main road, like a f- five lane highway, right? Like the middle lane being a turn lane. And so yep. it's really congested right there and, and it was piling up. And so I remember like him watching and I could tell he just wanted to see me wreck. And I like cut off as I was about to go out into the intersection. I was like, dang it. So I crank it back up. Uh, two weeks later, I had the hang of this, right? Like I'm riding it really well. And um, is it Biscayne that connects that one highway to Collins Avenue? What's that cut through right there um, near 163rd if you want to go to Collins Avenue? Uh, the William Lehman Causeway? I think so. It's like, f- it's it's pretty wide. Anyway, long story yeah. short, I'm like, dude, I'm going to crank this thing open. I want to see how fast it gets. So it's middle of the day. So I stayed at the end of that at a, like a high rise on the left near, mm-hmm. near the corner. And so I got on it. I went down just to make sure there was no cops on it. Right. So I went all the way down to the other side, turned around and I'm like, all right, we're going to get it. And, and so I took off and, uh, I, I remember coming up on two cars that were side by side. I had to split them by that time. I was doing like one thirty, I think. Anyway, I got this bike up to 160 something miles per hour. And I remember I had like a necklace with a cross on it underneath it, uh, underneath my shirt. And uh, I pull over. I'm shaking. I'm brand new, dude. I just learned how to ride like two weeks ago. I'm shaking. I get off the bike and I'm like, holy cow, that was freaking awesome. And I'm like almost trying to hide because if cops saw me or somebody called the police or whatever, I didn't want to get caught. Um, so I'm sitting behind this gas station and I look down and I had hugged the tank so hard that I rubbed through my shirt and scratched the tank on the bike. And I was like, holy cow. But I, it was the, I don't know if you guys remember the yellow and blue CBRs. I had a matching helmet. Like, it was sick. But the front uh, would would bounce up and down. Anyway, listen, I got more important things to talk about. What about our sponsors? We got two incredible sponsors. Take just a second. I, by the way, before we get into these, I get messages all the time from our sponsors, from people that listen to our podcast and support these guys. Thank you so much. Here you go. Somer is a European-based garage door opener manufacturer who has recently opened Somer USA out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Serving more than 90 countries worldwide, with our 40 years of experience, Somer produces one of the highest quality openers on the market. Combining German engineering and manufacturing, Somer uses direct drive technology to make their openers and opener accessories durable, long-lasting, quiet, and with the maximum lifting force. Further, Somer has earned both IDA and DASMA certifications by maintaining the quality and innovation standards set in place by national and international garage door associations. Maintaining these standards has allowed Somer to create the most versatile operator on the market, featuring unique optimization and diagnostic tools to make their operator perfect for every job and every customer. For more information on Somer operators, visit somer USA.com. That's S O M M E R USA.com or contact their Charlotte office at 877 766 6607. One of the hottest topics with garage door companies in 2020 is what's the best dispatch software? I run my business with Service Titan. I wouldn't have it any other way. Service Titan is the premium software that allows you to run every aspect of your business quickly and smoothly. It's not just a dispatch software. 
I use them for credit card processing, marketing automation, business intelligence, follow-up, and even maintenance agreements. My staff likes it because they can build quotes quickly and easily, and the price is already there. I like it because I get a ton of five-star reviews from customers who love the automated communication. We've seen a huge increase in our revenue per job by offering set pricing and multiple quotes. If you're interested in scheduling a demo with Service Titan, go to servicetitan.com forward slash torsion talk or call 888-809-7457. All right. So sorry about my stories. I got a little off topic here, but uh, I'm kind of reminiscing a little bit about my time in Miami. And um, I got one other story I want to share with you, Joe. And I want to ask you if this is normal because I don't normally tell it to a lot of people and I'm just very curious. So I didn't get very many off days when I was there cause I was working at a dealership. Um, but I walked out on the beach one day and was like, you know, I'm just going to read a book and hang out and enjoy the beach. And it was basically empty across the street from where I was at. I used to ride my bike down to like South beach and hang out down there. Cause there's scenery is gorgeous in more ways than one. Um, but this lady walks over with her mom and her kid, no joke, in her probably 20s, very pretty. Her mom's like, I don't know, 200 years old, not great looking. And she has a little girl, right? That's probably like, I don't know, five or six. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting on the beach reading a book, like laying down, reading a book. They literally put all their stuff within, I don't know, four feet of me. There's no one around on either side, hundreds of yards. First thing she does, what do you think it is? She takes her top off. She just took it off. Well, you like the the mother or the daughter? The mother. The (laughs) mother took her top off. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know. I mean, what am I supposed to do? So I asked her out. And th- what did Adrian, don't look at me like that. What? What? I'm single. Who isn't going to ask unless you're just, you know, afraid to get denied? I got denied. And then I was like frustrated because I was like, why are you doing this? Right. This make any sense. Joe, does that happen a lot there? Is that like a thing? Well, we do. There are a few designated topless beaches down there. So you may have strategically placed your towel in that, in that area. Or it was like you might have 163rd. Got, it was right in North Beach. That's not, I don't think that was like a topless area. What is it? No, I mean, that's actually... That's a that's a high end area. When you go down more towards Hallover, there's a, you know there's a couple new beaches, and I think there's one you know also more towards South Beach. The I mean a lot of the Europeans who who vacation over here, you know that's a normal thing. So you might have uh you might have gotten a. She a was foreigner. definitely Spanish, um, descent. I don't South American maybe I don't know, uh, somewhere around in there. I couldn't. I, it was really hard to tell, uh, but. Um, yeah, it was just a really weird, oh, I've got another story. This one may top them all. Listen, no joke. I getting way off topic here, but we're talking about Miami. People are going to remember this. Uh, 
I went to a uh, martini bar right around the corner from that one. So this dude comes in. Apparently, he's got a plaque on the wall. I'm sitting there, like, enjoying a drink, uh, watching baseball games. And uh, this dude pulls up. He, like, he pulled up in, like, a $250,000 car. Old dude gets out. Anyway, I'm sitting there drinking. I'm across the bar from him. He's like, hey, come here. So I walk over there. I'm talking to him. He's like, he's got these beautiful young women with him that are like half his age. He starts pulling out pictures of his cars, his house, girls, all this stuff like, you know, hey, this is my life, blah, blah, blah. He's got like, he carries these photos around with him. Well, long story short, like, I'm like, ah, ha, ha, you know, funny, kind of weird. I'm scared a little bit. Not like, not like scared I'm going to get hurt, but like scared I'm going to get knocked out and taken to the bathroom. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I start talking to him. We're kind of buddying up and he's cool. Like we're, we're hanging out, whatever. Um, and he starts asking me what I'm doing and this and that for a living. And so I start telling him and he was like, he goes, uh, I'd like to get to know you. Uh, I've got an opportunity that you might like. So I'm like, cool, you know, whatever. So, uh, I, I, I left. He told me to meet him back at the bar one day. I came back. He's got his bodyguard or whatever. This cat had the nerve to walk up behind me and put a gun in my back. I'm sitting at the bar. Like, the dude had went to the bathroom, so he puts a gun in my back. He's like, I don't think, I, I don't know what you think you're doing, but you need to go away. And I'm like, I don't think I'm doing anything. Like, I'm just hanging out with the old man, like, having a beer, like, enjoying life. And he's like, you don't need to be here. And I'm like, dude, this is, I'm just trying to have a good time. He's like, make an excuse and go away. So I ignored him. And when the guy got back, I was like, dude, your guy's sticking a gun in my back. <laughs> I told on him. And he told his guy to leave me alone. And then come to find out, right? So, like, I'm talking to this dude. He offers me this job to run one of his companies. Like, I only known this dude for, like, two days. No lie. And this guy, this guy is like, oh, I can make you hundreds of thousands of dollars, blah, blah, blah. Put you. So, Anyway, my buddy Harrison, who worked at the dealership with me, I told him about this guy. I gave him his name. I forgot it. And he was like, he runs Ponzi schemes. And what he does is he puts people that he meets, like savvy business people, in charge of these companies. They make a ton of money over a short amount of time. And then when it hits the fan, they take the fall for him. I didn't know that. But that was a cool story. Uh, you you seem you seem very approachable with all these stories. You're a very approachable guy in Miami. I, I mean, I feel like my experience there was much like a movie, which I mean, I feel like a lot of my life is like a movie. But th there's crazy stuff that happens down there. I I I definitely agree with you on that. It's some of it's not even explainable. Um, it's you know you you hit on 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 a bunch of points things don't start before midnight i don't know why uh that was fine prior to me having children but now that i have children right the last time i pulled an all-nighter i thought i was gonna die um and uh that was actually my me and my youngest brother are 13 years apart so he turned 21 last year and we we did the south beach nightclub thing and um his his now his girlfriend is it's it's amazing to say that her father owns multiple gentlemen's clubs down here and who's did and what was that whose father owned multiple gentlemen's clubs 
um, my 21 year old brother's girlfriend, her father. Okay. So after we went um, out on South Beach for his 21st birthday, you know, got got a table and had some fun for a few hours. Her father set us up at this nightclub at one of his gentlemen's clubs, and all we could drink, whatever we wanted, and then the general manager came up and gave us hundreds and hundreds of singles to give to the girls. Wow. And it was it. it it, like it, like you said, it's almost like a movie. You try to tell these stories to people, and they don't believe it's them. almost not believable. Um, I'm glad I don't do all nighters anymore. That was the last time I did it, and like I said, my my body and my brain isn't isn't cut out to do it like I was in my 20s. But it's uh, it's it's definitely it's definitely amazing. And I have to remember when I travel places, you know, and I see things you know, normal things, which I think are abnormal because, you know, just things shut down at 12, one o'clock and, you know, the way people, like you said, the way people drive, how nice people are outside of the state of Florida. I, I don't know if you've noticed that as well, but down here, sometimes people are just so either not necessarily rude because there's plenty of people that are rude, but just short, you know, not, yeah. not very, my personality know, doesn't shine there. I just rub everybody the wrong way because I'm like smiling. Hey, how are you? And they're like, oh. right. Well, I went to the so the the woman that I um, became best friends with when I was down there that bought the motorcycle. She was Jewish. She, she sounds like a sugar mama, to be honest with you. Different different words for different people, but um, she was <laughs> newly divorced, and her her husband uh, imported diamonds and had multiple uh, jewelry stores. Um, and so she, money wasn't a problem. She was in real estate, whatever. Um, but she took me to this, uh, I don't know what they call it. It's like a Jewish grocery store. It was really small, so it was kind of hard to get around anyway. But I'm standing there while she's getting something, and, and this lady, like, bumps into me with her cart. And I look at her like, what the heck is wrong with you and she's like and then she, like instead of saying anything she just nudges me again with the cart i'm like what in the world just happened like if this happened in atlanta we'd be fighting like this is fighting this, this is you're, you're like you're trying to start a fight with me and so anyway i got out of the way and i'm just staring at her like who are you lady like what is going on and so um Long story short, this happened again in the same in the same grocery store, like five minutes later around the corner. And so I asked the girl that I was with, I was like, dude, what? Why are all these people hitting me? She's like, you're in their way. She's like, this is just, this is how they do it. Like, they just nudge you with their cart. And I'm like, excuse me, was like so much more polite. So I don't know. It's just a weird, it's a weird, like there's so many cultures. And I got to learn like a little bit of the Russian culture. I got to learn a little bit of the... Hispanic culture and everything else. So, uh, anyway, listen, I'm sorry we got off on a rabbit trail, but uh, talking <laughs> about Miami brought some some memories up, and uh, maybe somebody will appreciate the stories. Uh, Joe, you're amazing, dude. I've, uh, I think every time I see you, you're smiling. You have a positive attitude. I love to surround myself with people like you. Uh, I know your business is going to do well. Uh, we're talking about ordering here um for Aaron overhead doors. Um, we we're working on some packages here that we want to start trying to offer as a performance upgrade. 
And so um, you're you're heavy in the mix uh, in the conversation with uh, building those out. So I really appreciate you sending me that product. And um, guys, if you're listening to the podcast, you know how to reach out to them. Uh, hit them up on the website. And uh, anything you want to add before we cut it off? No, just, uh, you know, I, I equally appreciate what you've been doing. I've told you this several times, you know, that you're – what this podcast and all the other things that you do for, for our industry as a whole, you know, we need more guys like you in our industry, Shucks. you know, just trying to help, help everybody else out. And, you know, we're all in this together so if we can do well together and support each other. Um, there's plenty of money in, in the garage door market for, for all of us to eat and eat well. So, um, you know, I just, you know, I like to help people out just like you do. And, and I think, uh, this is my only job I've ever had. I've never been in, never been a paper boy. I've never bagged groceries. I've never been to anything else besides garage doors. So this is, uh, I, I'm just trying to leave my mark on the industry. Like I think you're doing with your podcast and all your help and, you know, you. like several other people in our industry are. And so. No doubt that you'll do a great job with it. Um, I challenge everybody listening, reach out, at least have a conversation, find out what it's all about. Give him an opportunity to tell you a little bit, maybe send you some hinges like he did me. Um, and, uh, you see for yourself if you like it. And uh, I think that's the best way doing this season, which you are episode 18 has taught me so much. And, um, we actually have built relationships that I probably never would have had without doing the suppliers industry. Um, the suppliers season, I guess, and so uh, we're now, I mean, it's not only taught me a lot, but we're, we're now buying products from other vendors that we normally wouldn't have, like, you know, Genie. I never thought I'd be buying motors from Genie. I buy motors from Genie, um, and uh, I like them. Um, you know, we're buying rollers from the first customer. We're, we moved over to Clopay. I mean, and, and it's just like uh, it, my company is better because of the relationships that I've built through this. So, Long story short, what I'm saying is reach out to Joe and his team, go to the website, fill out the form, um, inquire, at least educate yourself on the product and see if it's something you can use now or later. Joe, thank you for having us on. I hope um, your wife uh, comes to New Orleans. I'd love to get to meet you guys. And, um, oh, man, Adrian, you suck, dude. All right, I forgot the quick hitters. We're going to go through this real quick. Um, he just reminded me. What type of door and motor do you have on your house, Joe? Uh, I have the 8500 Liftmaster. Nice. The W or the non-W? Uh, it is the W. It's the newer version. Okay. What type of door is it? Manufacturer, model number? Uh, it's one of my brand doors, the Hurricane Master 824. And I built myself... Of course, my wife couldn't have a standard color or a standard <laughs> door, so she made me build a complete custom door, uh, powder-coated, Our wives different are probably along very well. Yeah, and I have powder-coated track and me hardware. Too. Yeah, and I, even a, and I even have a little high lift on there, too. So. Can we get your product in powder coat, the the hinges? Yeah, I I don't offer it at this very moment, but... Um, coincidentally, uh, I've, I've been asked that question too many times in the past month. So I have, I have some samples being done at the powder coater now, and I'm just trying to find out tolerances and the right powder to use. Um, 
I, I can definitely do it. I'm trying to do it when the after the product's assembled because when you have that plastic in there, when you bake it, it could warp the material right. or compromise the integrity of it. So okay. there's there's some different processes, but we're we're going to have that here shortly. Where, Good luck with that. All yeah, right, Braves or Dodgers, dude? Good. Braves or Dodgers? You gotta have the right well, answer on this one. Better be the right I, answer. I believe if I if if I'm correct, the Braves just beat the Marlins Whoop. last series. Yeah, and then they played last and, night and, the Dodgers in the first game of the series for the NLCS. Yeah, and they won five well, to I, one. I I am I am anti California sports, so. Well, we're going to go with the, the Braves on this one. Boom. All right, listen, y'all. I'm a huge Braves fan. Super excited about the opportunity to go to the World Series, so I appreciate that. Georgia or Bama this Saturday, number three and number four facing off two of the best college football teams. Who you got? Well, that's easy. Um, being from Miami, and un- you can tell how loyal I am because I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we despise Nick Saban and everything that goes with him. So, <laughs> Georgia Bulldogs all the way. Yeah, yeah. You're so you're you're two and zero. Oh, so I'm happy. Jordan or Kobe for the greatest of all time? That's a tough one. I mean, the things that Jordan did were just amazing. I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying that Kobe wasn't amazing. But I think overall, as as a team player, Jordan was better than Colby. As an individual, I think Colby, you know, Colby had definitely had his uh, had his attributes pick, and, and benefits. You got to pick. I'll go Jordan. I'll go Jordan. Yeah, I'll good stick, choice. I'll stick with him. All right, Tupac and, and or Biggie? Tupac. Good choice. The Carol Baskin killer husband, in your opinion. Three times she killed that guy. <laughs> Dang, three times. Killed him, buried him, dug him up, killed him again, buried him, dug him up, killed him again, buried him. All right, if you had to suggest a book to anybody, uh, who, what book would you suggest uh, for self-improvement or business? So... Um... I, I've been I, I'm been reading this book. It's not too bad. It's called The Circle Theory, and uh, I got I can't remember the name of the the author, but um, very intelligent man gives shows people how to how to leverage the money that they have in order to get to where they want, and and I think it's very informative for for most of us who are in business together. It's uh, definitely an interesting book. Just the title is interesting. Yeah, I was about to try to say his name. No wonder you didn't remember. <laughs> it's uh, P-E-J-M-A-N, Pedgman uh, would be my guess. And then G-H-A-D-I-M-I, so uh, God me? I don't know, God me? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, looks like an interesting book. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, his his uh, tag on Instagram is I create millionaires. So nice. anybody who wants to help anybody else, you know, get get out of the uh, the normal daily grind and create some net worth, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of. I think I'm addicted to the grind. I don't know. I keep putting it on myself. I'm about to sell one business and start another. That's going to be like my seventh. So let's have fun with it. All right. 
Thank you, Joe, for your time. Can't wait to hang out with you in New Orleans. I might be bringing my wife, so uh, we'll keep the stories from today off record. And uh, hope you guys have a great winter down there. And uh, if I can find a good excuse to break away and come visit you for a business trip, I will certainly do that. No, absolutely. Um, and I don't know what winter is, but uh, I'll look it up. <laughs> They're very true, very true. All right, brother, have a good day. You too. Thank you guys for everything. Bye.